Welcome to Bible Stories with Dad, where I read a Bible story. So today we're starting out in Luke 1 uh, with a gentleman named Zechariah. Zechariah is a priest. He's a Jewish priest. He's married to a woman named Elizabeth. They're both described as righteous in God's eyes and careful to obey God's commandments. Uh, they're both old. They don't have any kids. And it's Zechariah's turn to go serve in the temple. So he goes serve for his week of duty at the temple. And he got picked. His number came up or whatever. To go into the sanctuary of the Lord. And he's going to burn some incense on the altar there. That's that's the job he's going to do. Sounds like a good job to do. Anyway, so while he's going to do that. There will be a crowd outside. And they're going to be praying. So they're outside. He's going to go in by himself. He's going to put the incense on the altar and burn it. Is sort of my understanding what's going to go on here. It doesn't sound like rocket science. He's not the first priest to do this. This has been going on for a while now. So he goes in there. And while he's doing this, expecting to be alone, all of a sudden, without any warning, an angel appears next to the altar. Zachariah is understandably taken back. Probably terrified. Somebody shows up where you don't expect them to be. You know, it's, it, it can scare you a little bit. And the angel says, Ah, don't be afraid, Zachariah. I've been sent here with good news. God's answered your prayers. You're going to have a son. Your, your wife is going to give birth to a son. You're going to name him John. And not only that, he's going to make you happy. You're going to have joy. You know, he, he's going to be a good kid. Uh... The, the Spirit of God's going to be on him, and people are going to liken him to the Old Testament Elijah. Now, I mean, he didn't say the Old Testament Elijah, because at this point there wasn't a New Testament yet. But, you get the idea. Anyway, so he's going to be a, a man that's going to be likened to Elijah, with the, the Spirit and the power that God gives him. Zechariah thinks to himself, sort of scratching his head, you know, I'm an old guy, my wife's an old woman, and normally old people don't have babies. That's kind of unusual. He says, uh, how, how am I going to be sure this is going to happen? You know, we're, we're old. This, how do I know you're telling me the truth? And the angel says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. God sent me to you. But since you didn't believe me, here's what's going to happen. You're not going to be able to talk at all. You're going to be silent until this happens. Okay. Well, not a whole lot of choice in the matter. I don't think he said okay. Because the angel said he, he, he couldn't talk. So, anyway. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, outside, so to speak. Not really back at the ranch. The people outside are praying. They're starting to kind of scratch their heads a little bit, too. Wondering what's going on. You know, Zechariah is not the first priest to go in there and burn incense. And while it's an important thing, it has to be done. It's not super complicated what he's going to do. He's going to go in there, he's going to burn the incense, he's going to turn around, he can come out. You know, it's you can go in, do it, come out. It takes a certain amount of time. They got kind of a good idea how long it's going to take. And it's been longer than that, and he's still not out. So they're waiting to see what happened. And then Zechariah comes out, and he can't speak. And uh, they realize... Between his, his gestures trying to communicate and the fact that he can't speak, that something miraculous must have happened. He must have seen a vision or something. So Zachariah finishes his week of service, apparently without talking to anybody, because he couldn't talk anymore, and then he goes home 
And it wasn't too long after that, his wife got pregnant and sort of hid herself away for five months. Said, duh. You know, the Lord's been kind to me and taken away my disgrace. Because you see, back at that time, not having kids as a woman was seen as disgraceful. Now, you needed to be married to have kids. That was a different disgrace. But you see, she'd been married for a long time, still didn't have any kids, and that was considered a disgrace for a woman. And, and God had taken that away by giving her this child that she's pregnant with. Meanwhile, while Elizabeth's pregnant, about six months along or so, God sends Gabriel out again, this time to a village in Galilee called Nazareth. He goes to visit a young unmarried woman named Mary. She's engaged to be married to this dude named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord's with you. Mary's not real sure about this. She's confused, a little disturbed, concerned even, trying to figure out what that could possibly mean. The angel says, uh, don't be afraid, Mary. He really likes that line. Don't be afraid, Mary. You've found favor with God. You're going to have a baby. You're going to have a son. And you're going to name him Jesus. And he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And he's going to have the throne of his ancestor David. And he's going to reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, how's that going to happen? And the angel says, well, the Holy Spirit's going to do it. Not only that, your relative Elizabeth, that old lady, she's gotten pregnant too. She's six months long. People used to say she couldn't have kids, but she's going to have a baby. See, whatever God says is going to happen, it's going to happen. Oh, a couple days later, Mary takes off in a hurry. Wasn't that much of a hurry. She waited a couple of days. But a couple of days later, Mary takes off in a hurry to where Elizabeth and Zachariah live. Comes in the house, yells out a big old howdy to Elizabeth. And by golly, as soon as she yells out that howdy and Elizabeth hears it, inside Elizabeth's belly, baby John jumped. Probably didn't jump that far. I don't think there's a whole lot of room. But he leaped with joy or something. The baby leaped. That's what it says. So, Elizabeth's filled with the Holy Spirit, blesses Mary and Mary's baby. Mary hangs out there for about two, three months and then heads back home right before Elizabeth gave birth, by the looks of things. So, of course, while all this is happening, Mary's still engaged to Joseph. And Mary's pregnant, and Joseph's finding out about it. Joseph knows it's not his baby. He's a little concerned, too. And at that point, Joseph had some options, and none of them were necessarily real good options for Mary, as far as how he could get out of this wedding. And that would have been the normal thing to do, you see. And Joseph, being a righteous man, well, he feared to just kind of quietly put her away, quietly take care of things to where he wasn't going to get married, but he wouldn't get married to Mary. Yeah, that, say that a couple times fast. Anyway, he wouldn't get married, but uh, try not to give Mary any more disgrace than, than he had to in the process. So, he falls asleep, probably at night, I assume, and in a dream, uh, God lets him know that Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit and that he's supposed to marry her anyway and name the baby Jesus. And so he's like, okay, God, that's fine. I'll do that. So he wakes up and doesn't not marry Mary. So he wakes up and he figures he's going to go ahead and marry Mary anyway. Man, this Mary, 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 quite contrary. No. Anyway, 
So, all this going on while Mary's doing her thing, going over to see Elizabeth and coming back. And then Elizabeth's going to give birth. And the baby's born. Remember, Zachariah can't talk. The whole time, even while Mary was there for a couple months hanging out, Zachariah can't talk. So the baby's born, and the neighbors and the relatives and everybody around comes to celebrate, and they're, you know, rejoicing and happy. And like eight days later, after the baby's born, is when they announce the name. And the the relatives and the, the neighbors and all that want to name the baby Zachariah after his father. And Elizabeth's like, no, no, we're not doing that. We're going to name him John. And the family's not quite sure what to make of that. It's not normal. There's nobody in the family named John. Why would you name him John? So they use gestures to ask Zachariah, the baby's daddy, what he wanted to name the baby. Zachariah motions for a, a tablet or something to write on, and everyone's surprised. He writes down, his name is John, meaning the baby's name is John. Instantly, it says, the Zachariah could speak again. So Zachariah starts praising God. Everybody's awed and impressed because this is really cool. Like, Zachariah couldn't talk for a long time, most of a year. Now he can. All of a sudden, miraculous healing in front of our very eyes. And word spreads about what's going on, and everybody's like, whoa, what's this kid going to be when he grows up? What's he going to do? This is miraculous. And so John grows up and gets strong in body and in spirit, and he lives in the wilderness until he's ready to appear publicly and begin his ministry to Israel. Meanwhile, while John's growing up, before he grows up, I suppose really while he's still a baby at this point, the Roman Emperor Augustus decrees a census is going to be taken through the whole Roman Empire. Now, what that means is everybody's going to get counted. We're going to figure out how many everybody's there are in everybody. So everybody's going to go back to their ancestral hometown and register for the census. Joseph, being a descendant of King David, has to go to Bethlehem, which is in Judea. So he's going to go there, and he takes Mary along with him, because they're engaged, and of course she's pregnant at this point. And while they're there in Bethlehem, the time comes, babies don't like to wait till it's convenient, till they're born, they'll come whether it's convenient or not. Jesus comes, he's born, and you see, Mary and Joseph couldn't find a room at a hotel they didn't have a super eight or a motel six to leave the light on for them they, there's no holiday Inn express and they couldn't get a room at the inn so they're kind of making do where they can found a spot where they could uh she wrapped mary wraps jesus up in these strips of cloth or sometimes you'll see swaddling clothes same idea it's what they did with babies back then apparently and the only place she has really to lay them that's cradle or crib-like is a manger so that's where she puts them and uh that same night the shepherds they're out staying in the field watching their sheep keep an eye on them making sure the wolves don't come eat them or anything sheep don't wander off you know sheep aren't real brilliant that's why we keep getting compared to them in the bible because sheep aren't real brilliant all of a sudden an angel of the lord appears among them and the radiance of the lord's glory surrounds them Remember, these are shepherds. They're out in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody else around. The only people around are the other shepherds and the sheep. All of a sudden, this dude shows up, and things get shiny, I guess. That's how I envision it. Everything gets shiny. They're terrified. Well, the angel said what seems to be their favorite line in this story. The angel says, Eh, don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Who's not going to be afraid? Right? Anyway... The angel says, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news and great joy for everybody. The Savior, the Messiah, the Christ is born in Bethlehem. And you'll recognize him. And here's how. 
You can find them wrapped snugly in swaddling clothes, strips of cloth, this baby lying in a manger. Now, these are shepherds. They know what a manger is, and they know that you, even if they don't have babies, they understand you don't put the baby in the manger. That's not where the baby goes. That's where the food for the animal goes. And the baby's not the food for the animal. So that's not where you put the baby. So this is kind of unusual. And it's kind of, okay, That that's a sign we can work with. We understand that. Anyway, so then, if they're just maybe getting over their fear of this angel showing up and, and the glory of God shining everywhere, don't worry, it's not over yet. All of a sudden, a whole army you know, you hear the heavenly host and you think, uh-huh, the heavenly host, that's great. No, it's an army. It's a term for an army. The heavenly army shows up of angels. Now these shepherds are, you know, there's just like army there and they're just shepherds. Now they're not, you know, weak, unable to take care of themselves kind of people, but they're not going to take on an army. This army shows up, just miraculously appears with the angel and this army is chanting glory to god in, in the highest and peace on earth to those in whom god's favor rests and the angels return to heaven and uh, the shepherds just kind of go on about their day like nothing happened right no of course not they're talking to each other about it you know kind of excited they're like hey let's go to bethlehem let's see this thing that's happened let's see what the lord has done and told us about so they hurry to the village, and they find Mary, and they find Joseph, and they find the baby, and the baby's all wrapped up in strips of swaddling cloth, clothes, whatever, lying in a manger, and it's just like the angel said. And so they tell everybody, hey, look, this the angels showed up, and this is what they told us. And everybody's just like astonished, mind blown, this is really cool. And so then the shepherds go back to their flocks, and they glorify, and they praise God the whole way there. It's just exactly what the angel told them they'd find. It's, it's really cool, really special. So eight days later, when it's time to announce the baby's name, he's named Jesus, which is the name the angels told him they were supposed to use. And then, uh, so the time comes, they're supposed to make an offering at the temple, a purification offering and all. So Mary and Joseph take him to Jerusalem, take him to the temple there to present him to the Lord. Now the law said back in Leviticus 12, that uh, for a, a baby that was born, the parents were to bring a, a one-year-old lamb and either a young pigeon or a turtle dove. That was the offering. That's what they're supposed to give. It's not quite what Mary and Joseph bring. Because down in verse 8 we see, if they can't afford a lamb, then instead they take two turtle doves or two young pigeons. And here in Luke 2.24, what they actually end up bringing is either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now what that tells me, between the fact that they couldn't afford a lamb to bring and that they couldn't get a room at the inn, probably Mary and Joseph are not super well off. They're not rich. They don't have lots of disposable income available for this. Anyway, so it kind of sets the scene. Jesus is not growing up in a rich household. While they're at the temple, though, and they're offering these sacrifices and they're presenting Jesus at the temple, there's this dude in Jerusalem. His name is Simeon. He's considered righteous and devout, and he's been waiting for the Messiah to come. He's an old dude. The Holy Spirit's upon him, and the Holy Spirit told him that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah. He had seen the Christ, the promised one. So that day, the day that Mary and Joseph are there, the Holy Spirit brings Simeon along, and Simeon goes to the temple. 
and, and Mary and Joseph are doing their thing, and Simeon just apparently walks up, picks Jesus right up, and just praises God, saying, you know, God, now you can let me die in peace, because I have seen what you've promised. I've seen your salvation. Which would be kind of weird. As a parent, the idea that somebody would come up and pick up one of my children, especially as a, a baby, we're talking a very young child here, just pick up my kid and start talking. It seems kind of weird. That would bother me a lot. But this is, this is a normal enough thing. We don't have a reaction by Mary and Joseph written down. I'd have been a little concerned. But apparently this, this is fine. And, and while he's doing this, so this woman shows up. Her name's Anna. She's 84. She's a prophetess. And she's at the temple every day. She's a widow. Um, she serves all day. She serves all night. She's worshiping God all the time. She's doing a lot of praying. So as Simeon is there and he's, you know, walking up and picking up the baby and, 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 and then he talks to Mary and Joseph, she walks up, she starts praising God and tells anybody that'll listen about the, the baby Jesus and, and that this had been the one that we had been waiting for to rescue Jerusalem. And then, uh, Jesus' parents take him home. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week. And I'll see you next time.